to a pleasure podcast for more from our sex podcast collective visit pleasurepodcasts.com these are the last ads and the last episode of the season so make sure you get those discounted pleasure products i also wanted to say thank you all so much for tuning in and for your support please don't forget to rate and review wherever you listen so i can keep this show going i am so grateful to you also, thank you to this sponsor because I have had so much fun playing with their products. So do yourself a favor and check out Satisfier like yesterday. Satisfier makes beautiful vibrators and air pulse stimulators with cutting edge technology and they're at affordable prices. Satisfier is offering lucky listeners 30% off any Satisfier when you go to satisfier.com and enter code S&S30 at checkout. I've been really liking the dual pleasure tool, which is an external air pulse stimulator with an internal stimulator as well. Honestly, it has broadened my pleasure potential and I have even learned new things about what I like and how I like it. All their devices are made with body-safe silicone and or soft-touch ABS plastic. They are cordless with a universal magnetic charger and compatible with water-based lube. You can also turn your phone into a remote control. With their Bluetooth-enabled pairing, you can control the motor's speed and vibration length. You can even create custom sequences that are perfect for you. No need to worry about pressing buttons when you're enjoying yourself. Again, Satisfier is offering lucky listeners 30% off any Satisfier when you go to Satisfier.com and enter code S&S30 at checkout. Again, if you're looking for one of my favorite new devices, go to S-A-T-I-S-F-Y-E-R.com, Satisfier.com, and use code S&S30 for 30% off. Also, stay tuned on my Instagram for my upcoming 12 days of pleasure, where I will be giving away a pleasure product for 12 days straight. There may even be a satisfier there if I don't take them all for myself. Now onto the episode. Thanks for tuning in. Sluts and Scholars is a sex-positive, shame-free educational podcast where we try to help you talk smart and fuck smarter. While we love to give advice and resources, please note that this podcast or any emails from us are not intended to be therapy or a replacement for therapy. Welcome back to another week of Sluts and Scholars. I'm Nicoletta Heidegger, and I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist and sexologist. And this week, I am welcoming Ian Ferguson. He is a master trainer of the Erotic Blueprint methodology and co-founder of Jaya Inc., a company dedicated to radically transforming how society discusses and experiences sex. He is an international speaker who has appeared on top podcasts for Tony Robbins and media such as Good Morning America, VH1, Anderson Live, and has been profiled in Details Magazine. His mission, along with over 300 certified erotic blueprint coaches, is to release shame around sex, helping people empower themselves to reclaim the pleasure and true erotic expression that is their birthright. And also you can see more about uh, Jaya and what they do uh, on the new recent series, Sex, Love, and Goop. Welcome. Hi, thank you. Yeah, thank you for having me. Hi, I feel in such good company with all the people that you have worked with on shows. So thank you for being here. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So if folks don't know, what are the different erotic blueprints? Like, take me through a little summary of what that even means and what folks can expect. Sure. The erotic blueprint types is kind of like a personality typing system. And um, the idea is that we all have sort of a primary access to our pleasure, or, or like an entrance into 
the the fastest way to arousal, the fastest way to dropping into our bodies. And everybody's got a unique map of what that looks like. So we talk about the primary blueprint type, and there are five of them. So the energetic is turned on by anticipation, space, tease. They love that energy of like the kiss that's about to happen or light hovering mm. touch. Um, yeah, like the it's like everything before the penetration. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's all the buildup. And they have a superpower, which... We that's me. About, that's you? <laughs> cool. <Yeah. laughs> the superpowers and shadows for each of the blueprints. So you can have the superpowers of one and the shadows of another. You may have the shadows of one and, uh, and the superpowers of another. So the super a superpower for the energetic can be their incredible sensitivity and that can lead to otherworldly orgasms you know the sun baking your skin can begin an orgasmic sensation the the kind of connecting to energy the that's the whole thing it's like they're so sensitive to what's in their environment who they're connecting with so the if the lover of an energetic is not present is not dropped in has something going on the energetic is very likely to feel that and have mm, a hard time dropping affect. themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, the sensual is pretty much what that sounds like. It's the the sensual brings the artistry to sex. They want the environment to be perfect and the song to be amazing. You know, the music to be just right. Um, if the, any of these things are out of place, it can completely put them in their head. So that would be one of the shadows of the sensual, is they just can't drop in and feel the sensation in their body superpowers of the sensual is they can have full body orgasms. It doesn't have to be genital intercourse sex. They could have an orgasm from eating the perfect, most amazing strawberry and just be like, ah, oh, and sensual is one of my primaries. Then we jump into the sexual and that's sort of what we typically think of as stereotypical idea of what sex is. It's genitals, it's nudity, it's penetration sex, it's orgasms and um, sexual they're not a simple blueprint type. They can kind of be misunderstood as being simple, but they do mm. bring the fun to sex because it's not about all the busy work. In fact, like a sexual might be like, why do we need the lights all perfect? And what are you talking about? You can have an, have an orgasm five feet away from me. I, I want to be touching your breasts and grabbing your ass and, and you know, getting to, um, getting to that ejaculatory orgasm. And it is through sex that a sexual feels alive. They feel like, oh, they can relax once they're having sex. They can have a voracious appetite for sex and kind of need it to be part of a daily ritual because mm -hmm. it it's how they feel seen, heard, uh, dropped into their body. Some of the shadows for a sexual would be they can miss the ride. Um, mm -hmm. You know, they, they're not so present to what else is happening. And kind of goal-oriented. Yeah, goal-oriented, very fixated on the orgasm. If everybody's having an orgasm, it's awesome. If they're not or their partner's not, something's wrong. And the sexual can run up against challenges with partnered sex because often their partners are not sexual. And that will feel like the, the sort of like boundaries are being interrupted, um, crossed, like we see this. Yeah, period. I think of the person who's like reaching for like already spontaneously aroused and feeling desire and just goes right for like the boob honk or the ass grab. <laughs> and the other person is like, what the fuck? I was washing the dishes. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and one of the pairings that we see that is most challenged is the energetic with the sexual. And it's kind of mm -hmm. interesting how many sexuals and energetics pair up. 
but the energetic can feel this constant boundary crossing. Like, just like you said, I'm doing the dishes or I'm, I want to feel your energy before you go and grab my ass or grab my boobs. Um, so then we jump onto the kinky and the kinky mm-hmm. is we, we have a very broad view of what kinky is. And we talk about it as being whatever is taboo for you. So Yes, kink does include whips, chains, spanking, and dungeons, and all of the really. But it could of, just be a new position. <laughs> totally, like I'm just having sex out of missionary style, and because you, that's what you've been used to, that's what you've been programmed to think is okay. So get, having a blowjob or doing oral sex, that's like, oh, whoa, very titillating and has a lot of edge to it. Um, and then we talk about two primary types of the kinky, which is the physiological or sensation based. That's where you might get into bondage, constriction, spanking, nail scratching, maybe some of the more intense forms of kinky play. And then there's the psychological, and that's mostly they get turned on by power games and control and surrender. And it's not, you know, the, the, kind of like the energetic, the kinky can be brought to orgasmic state or, have orgasm without even being touched. Thinking off. Thinking off. Exactly. Because it's the intensity of the situation or it's the holding the, con- the container or it's the edge mm-hmm. of the taboo that they're playing with can lead them into orgasmic and even ejaculatory experiences. And then the final one is the shapeshifter. And mm-hmm. the shapeshifter is the type that is just turned on by all of it. They want all of it. They want more of it. You're three hours into a session with a shapeshifter and you're like, okay, was that good? And they're like, what do you mean? I'm just warming up. (laughs) So So would the shadow part of that be like always hungry? Yes. So shapeshifters are often caught in starvation because they Mm -hmm. have such a voracious appetite. They want variety. They have superpowers of, you know, they're kind of like the fine-tuned hyper car, you know, hyper sports car or something. Like the, the, the bells and whistles and everything is just so ready to go. They can become the best lovers or can be the best lovers because they have facility to move through all the blueprint types. But in that, they can often lose their own connection to their pleasure because they're satisfying their lover. They're shape-shifting to be that. And then they mm. leave the other three or four blueprints off the table. And they're like, well, you know, it's great. I can feed you in your sensual, but my kinky sexual um, energetic uh, are none of them are being fed. So they can go into yeah. starvation. So kind of like the disconnection of being like a chameleon or a people pleaser. It's like, exactly. who, who am I at my core? Mm-hmm without input from all these other people. Yeah. And then there's, there can often be, you know, like with kinky, one of the shadows is shame because it's, it's whatever that taboo thing is. So of course, Mm -hmm. even if it's just having sex out of missionary position, you are kind of caught up in like, Oh, I can't do that. And then this sort of embodied lessons over time, your life, your family, religion have imprinted on you that it's, it's improper. So being able to be fully expressed as a kinky, um, it is often a journey of dealing with shame of what your desires are feeling normal. And with a shapeshifter, they've often been told not just in their sexuality, but like their entire life, all aspects of their life, you're too much, you're too complicated. Yeah. You you want too many things. So they can have a slow process of sort of like atrophying who they are to be acceptable. And do you feel like people can and do change their blueprint or is it, you know, kind of stays and remains? Mm, the One of the things that's a challenge about the work that we do 
Yeah, and I think it's a challenge through personality typing systems in general is people take the information that they get. Oh, they take our blueprint quiz and they find out that they're kinky and maybe there's a surprise to that. The challenge and the danger is that then you put yourself in a box. Oh, Mm -hmm. I'm a kinky and that's my primary. You are a cosmology of all of these blueprint types. You may be very Just in different percentages. Yeah, exactly. So you may be very low on one, but it still exists. And for me, interestingly enough, sexual when we were first doing the quiz was basically like a zero. Mm. Um, and it's not uncommon to see a zero percent. It's just not the thing that, that gets you turned on, but my sexual and my sexuality gets turned on by kink and sensual. That's my fastest path to arousal. And it can also depend what partner I'm with or what we, so <laughs> the cosmology of the blueprints is yeah. the blueprint type is kind of like the entrance point. But we talk about the core or your core erotic blueprint, which is an entire cosmology. It's a 360 degree view of your sexuality and some of the other primary aspects of what make up your core erotic blueprint are your stages of sexuality. So what stage are you in? Are you resting? Are you healing? Are you curious? Are you adventurous? Are you transformational? Oh, say more about those stages. Yeah, cool. So um, and, and, and also like the stages, you could go through all five stages. They're not hierarchical. There's not one that's better than the other. You could go through all five stages in one lovemaking session. You could also be kind of working your way in your life for months or years through a stage. And so the stages are, um, resting. That could be Anything from I'm just needing to take a break, a relationship ended, and I've got to just rest or step back, or I need to just rest because I've been, maybe I've, I've got some consent regret or some things I need to learn about boundaries, so I need to step back. There's healing. Healing is you could have suffered, again, a relationship breakup. You could have suffered some kind of physical trauma. Um and you need to heal. You need to go into the emotional life that's going on, or you need to go into the physiology of your body and figure out how to have sex without having pain. Mm-hmm. Curious is like, oh, I'm so interested in, you know, for example, kink. I'm curious about this. I'm going to go do a bunch of reading. I'm going to take some courses. I'm going to go to some lectures. and I'm going to get a lot of information about what that means. But you're not really jumping into the world of um you know, doing the kink parties or or expanding the, the into the play of kink. When you move into adventurous, it's like, oh, I'm going to put this stuff to to the test. I'm going to find people yeah. who are into this. I'm going to join kink clubs. I'm going to go out there and express this with energetic. It'd be like, oh, I didn't even know what this energetic sex thing is. It's just totally freaking weird. And I did some research, and now I'm going to go check out a tantra class, or I'm going to do. Um, you know, uh, energetic body work with Reiki or something like that to start to expand mm-hmm. what energetic is. And then transformational yeah. is the what's more to sex. So a lot of us have this idea that sex is just sex. It's a physical act. It doesn't have much more than that. Yeah. But a lot and of like, people, hopefully maybe you get an orgasm and then that's it. And then that's it. And you get this physiological genital sneeze and you feel relaxed and maybe more connected to your partner. But transformational is this space of what's more like, what is the spiritual connection? How can you use sex and eroticism, whether solo or with a partner, with a partner to, to achieve these heightened states of 
connectedness in life, whether you whether you put that in the frame of spirituality or it's simply being more connected to our aliveness and that creative energy because that is the that is the origin of life. Our sex and, and connecting that way is one of the most powerful creative acts. And you can do it to make babies, but you can mm-hmm. also do it to manifest things in your life. So the transformational is like looking at how do I use sexuality to make things happen, money success, relationship success, um, feeling completely really embodied. Yeah, fully embodied, fully connected to the world around me and feel that sort of unity with with the world. Yeah, something I see a lot with clients is, I guess, like, why are we so attracted to people with opposing blueprints? <laughs> like, I, I've talked to a lot of folks, um, you know, in the kink and poly spectrums, and a lot of them say things like, quote, unquote, date your species. Mm-hmm. Um, meaning, like, you know, if you're kinky, date someone who's kinky. If you're non-monogamous, date someone who's that. And I imagine that can fit with this, too. So why do we see folks being attracted to someone who has this opposing thing, like you said, the sexual with the energetic? We have a pet theory, which we haven't, we're, we're not, you know, we're like about 10 years into working with this methodology and putting it out in mm-hmm. the world. And we've got a lot of data because over a million people have taken the quiz. So we see these breakdowns of like what the stereotypes are that men are sexual and women are sensual, that there's very little validity to genderizing these uh, sexuality, these these expressions mm-hmm. of sexuality. But in that thing, it's kind of like there's a piece, I would say it kind of falls into that curious and adventurous. So if I'm a sexual, I may have some awareness like, hey, I'm missing out on something in this mm-hmm. experience. And energetically, Maybe I'm very direct and I'm uh, as a sexual and I, I get right to the point. But when I connect with somebody who's energetic, I feel the spaciousness. I feel this aspect of myself that has not been fed. And that person is that thing. They represent it. They live it. They express it. So there's a, I think there's a natural curiosity to move towards the things that we may be missing in our own life. Yeah, the missing piece. Yeah, they enhance our experience or bring up that, you know, we have a whole whole thing called adventure dating. And and part of that is this sort of like novelty. And if I'm used to eating oatmeal every morning for breakfast, and then I've got a partner who likes to do eggs benedict, then they're going to have, I'm going to have a very different experience of my morning breakfast when I start sharing breakfast with that partner and get into the eggs benedict. But if I sit here and eat oatmeal in my entire life, I don't know what I don't know. So it's this kind of um, attuning to all the possibilities in life through somebody else so we can have a more complete picture of uh, more, more complete experience of what life has to offer. And at the beginning, I think for a lot of couples that I work with and partnerships like that feels so exciting, mm-hmm. right? You've got this newness, you've got this new energy, you've got this person challenging you. And then after some time, as people settle back into their own blueprint, they're like, why don't you want what I want? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and so how do we, yeah, do you think that there are folks who are just um, so opposing in their blueprints that they're incompatible? Or what do we do when these things don't line up? Well, we really like to bust the myth of sexual incompatibility. Mm. I think there's uh, definitely enough science to 
to talk about how people might hormonally or pheromonally not be attracted to each other, or mm-hmm. you have your particular, you know, physical type that you're into, even that can be broken apart. Um, but this thing of being sexually incompatible, it's kind of like, um, you know, just because I'm a master pianist and you're a master violin player doesn't mean we can't play together. It means we have to figure out how those harmonies and those rhythms and those things work together. We have to be willing to see how our instruments can combine and make beautiful music together. We talk about it also like languages, right? So if I'm, you know, if I speak German and you speak French and we're really into each other, we're not going to be like, oh, we're incompatible. We'll never work out. I can never learn your language. So this is doomed. Yeah. It, It comes down to willingness, are you willing to learn your lover's language? And then people will have, there's so many reasons I think that people fall into resistance of dropping into their lover's language. Yes. It can be fear. I don't know what that is. It can be literally, it just doesn't turn me on. I don't want to spend time doing that. Mm-hmm. But this gets to the core of like people's relationship. Are you in partnership with somebody who's willing or are they truly unwilling? And then you've got to make a decision. If they're truly unwilling to learn, to expand, to try and figure out how to make love to you or yeah. to tell you how they receive love, then you've got to sort of a fork in the road. Am I willing to be in this relationship with somebody where we really aren't ever going to work on this because the resistance is so high? Yeah. Or is the resistance about something else? They have fear that they won't succeed. They don't know what that looks like or means. They're, yeah, or it's it's scary. They're not used to speaking in this language, so they're ashamed. They're not confident, um, and I think that can be hard when you're, let's say, like the kinky, and you're like wanting that certain thing now. Mm-hmm. And there's this learning curve of having a willing partner, but they're taking their time. It's hard. Yeah, and sometimes the, by the time people get to this conversation in the relationship, there's so many hurts and so many things. You know, water and resentment. Know, you know, resentments uh, and they're held in the body. So you have a whole series of like emotional work or biochemical work or things that you have to kind of unwind. And by the time you're there, you're so impatient, you're so frustrated that that emotional life comes forward anytime there's the slightest hiccup or that they they Mm -hmm. say the thing in a certain way or look at you in a certain way. It means all the things of the last three, five, 20 years in your relationship. And then- Um, just to kind of complete the core erotic blueprint map. So we talked about the um, blueprint types. We talked about the states and stages of sexuality. And then you've got the four obstacles or pathways to sexual health and vitality. And what we work to do is create a system where people can kind of become their own erotic detectives. If something's Mm -hmm. off, you can look at this whole cosmology and be like, oh, I realize that like in the, in the four obstacles or pathways, they can be, they can be obstacles or they can be pathways. And you have the emotional life. What's your emotional health? How's that affecting your sex life? You have the biochemical, which is your hormonal soup. How's your testosterone, your estrogen? This is something that I think is so key because most of my clients, that's the first thing I would refer them to. So if you're just tuning in for the first time, you might not know this, but if you've listened before, I always refer my clients most of the time first to someone who specializes in some kind of sexual medicine because mm-hmm. if you're working on all this stuff and putting in all the work and energy and you don't know that there's something going on physically, hormonally, 
um, biologically, physiologically, um, you might be missing it and putting in the effort where it doesn't need to be. You're never get, yeah, you won't break through because you've got something that's completely blocking the, the motion and it's the roadblocks are, are real. So you can go to your doctor and you can say, I want a full hormone panel. And they'll be like, oh, well, you don't need that. We'll just figure out your testosterone and your estrogen. And yeah, then because come most back doctors and, are not fully educated in, in like comprehensive sexuality. Sexuality or just what the hormonal interactions are. So yes. this is where if you are going to, like we advise people to you know get your full hormone panel done and go to an endocrinologist who knows how to read it all. Yes. free testosterone, converting estrogens, like there's so many factors. And are they testing mm-hmm. at the right time of the day? And are they doing tests over time? So you're getting an accurate representation because yes. all of that stuff can register in one, one way at 6 a.m. after you've eaten some breakfast and at 4 p.m. Mm-hmm. So if the doctor doesn't know and there's, there is that resistance, like, well, why do you need all this? You don't need to know all this. You actually do. And, and they'll also often come back with like, oh, yeah, your testosterone's at this and your estrogen's at that. It's normal. Well, do you want to be normal or do you want to be optimal? Do you want to be in a peak state of health and wellness? Or do you just want to kind of be where you're supposed to be at this age? So we'll hear from people. I just read a uh, one of our feedback forms and they had gone, they were having sexual challenges and their their doctor said to them, oh, you're too old. You know, you, you've reached that point where sex Ugh. is not... <laughs> viable fire this doctor (laughs) (laughs) exactly oh my god like we have clients who went into sort of asexual zone of their life and Mm -hmm. at 65 all of a sudden they're having the best sex of their life just because they started looking at the actual factors that make up how do i become vibrant and alive so you get the biophysical which is all the hormone stuff you've got just the physical physical so do you have um Injuries, health issues that came from a brain injury or, a, you know, you landed on your crotch at some point and some way you never realized that it created scar tissue, pregnancies, mm-hmm. C-sections. There, there's so many things that affect the physical life. And then there's the energetic, which is related to the energetic type. But it's kind of like how sensitive are you to uh, energetic fields? Are you working in an environment where you got computers around you all the time and TV screens? Do you, are you grounded? Do you touch the earth? Because there's all sorts of magnetic frequencies that keep us in alignment. So those are the three main aspects of the core erotic blueprint so that you start to get this full picture of what could be affecting standing in your way and how to optimize. Okay, holiday season is here, and what better way to show you care than normalize using lube all the time? So remember, the more you support the advertisers, the more it supports the podcast and allows me to keep recording. Lube is the key to maximizing pleasure, whether alone or with a partner. And if you're going to lubricate, you want to make sure it's done with the highest quality, body-safe ingredients. For that, try Uber Lube. Right now, they're offering Sluts and Scholars listeners a special offer, 10% off and free shipping when you use my code S&S at uberlube.com. Uber Lube offers long-lasting performance when you want it, then quickly dissipates without leaving a sticky residue. Feels like a nice moisturizer when you're finished. I love my Uber Lube and I have bottles everywhere I may need or want it. I even use it for my hair frizz. It has no smell or taste, so it's ideal for sensitive skin and it's free of nasty additives 
additives like parabens, preservatives, and petrochemicals. Remember, it's not ideal for silicone toys, but it's great for most other body parts and toys and tools. Join me in making lube your best friend because right now they're offering listeners a special 10% off and free shipping when you use my code S&S at uberlube.com. That's 10% off and free shipping. Just use code S-A-N-D-S at U-B-E-R-Lube.com. And if you can't tell, tis the season to seek out pleasure in every area of your life, from how you start your mornings to how you wind down at night and everything in between. You deserve to enjoy it all. Dipsy Stories wants you to find joy and confidence in and out of the bedroom. For listeners of the show, Dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash s and Dipsy Stories is an app full of sexy audio stories, and now they even have brand new written stories. So close your eyes and let yourself get lost in a world where pleasure is your only priority. Explore your fantasies in a safe, shame-free way. They even have wellness and sleep sessions to help you get ready for cozy bedtime. And if you're anxious like me, it's helpful to have some sound. Uh, I really enjoy it, and it definitely helps me go to sleep. So warm up or get hot this holiday season with Dipsy. For listeners of the show, Dipsy is offering that extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash S&S. That's 30 days of full access for free when you go to dipsystories.com slash S&S. dipsystories.com slash S&S. And stay tuned if you're not already following me on my Instagram. I'm going to be doing a 12 days of pleasure, doing a giveaway every day for 12 days uh, during the month of December after the episodes are finished. So you will get to have access to maybe some free, uh, some free gifts from our sponsors. So tune in and now back to the episode. How do you think we can get folks more into that action mindset that you were talking about before? I think the key in what you were saying was the willingness and the openness to do the work, mm-hmm. right? And so I get a lot of clients and we'll do this sort of um, whole workup. And unfortunately, insight doesn't equal action. You know, mm. we have busy lives and schedules and um, any tips for really making this embodied and what are some ways to help people really get energized and motivated to do this work as opposed to just kind of knowing it and then uh, putting it off? Well, what's your why? So like what's getting in the way? Well, what's the compelling, what's the compelling story Mm. is one thing. Like what's the value in it? Mm -hmm. If you're in a partnership that might, might end up being for some people, what's the value for my partner in this that I can get so aligned with that I'm actually going to take action. Yeah. Um, And the compelling why can be a gentle process. So we often do something called dyads. So, you know, you don't have to be in a partnership to do this. You can do it for yourself. You can do a self-led dyad. You can get together with a friend and just start kind of plumbing these questions. And it's just the idea of taking a question and asking that question over and over and over again. And so as you keep answering the question, you start to get to the deeper layers of -hmm. what's really there. So around the willingness thing, um, it could be a question like, um, share with me something that's important about our sex life. You get the answer. Well, um, you know, it helps to connect. You keep asking the question and perhaps you start to get to this thing of, um, 
I'm yeah, like, well, what is it about that? Tell me more. What is it about that? What is it? Tell about me more. That? And but it's not, but but it's a for it's a very formal process, the diet. It doesn't mm-hmm. turn into conversation. Mm-hmm. You keep asking the question, get the answer, say thank you. Um it's a very formal process um, mm-hmm. so that it doesn't become a dialogue where it's about, I agree with you, right? Yeah. Like, tell me something that you want to experience in our sex life. You might start revealing things to me of like, well, I want to experience being tied up and having gangbangs. And as your partner, this may be new information. I may have never heard it. Could be totally shocking. So do you have the capacity to listen to what your partner is saying and simply say, thank you? I understand. Mm-hmm. I hear you. Doesn't mean you agree with them. Doesn't mean you're going to go out and figure out how to do gangbangs next weekend. It doesn't mean any of those things. It just means you're creating this open opportunity to get to the root of what's really here for me, what's important for us, what's important for my sexual future or my emotional future or any future, and creating a compelling story where it makes enough, where there's enough motivation to. I don't know, go and do that Tantra workshop that your partner's been nagging you to do for the last five years. Mm-hmm. How can you, this is also part, it kind of ties back to something I wanted to mention about expansion. It's also part of our formula. Like how do you, we don't, we don't want to create a situation where somebody is just doing performative sex, right? My partner loves to be tied up and spanked and I, freaking hate it. It totally triggers my um, shame about this. And why does my partner like pain? And I just don't understand it. All of this kind of inner dialogue is, of course, a block to being able to connect. Well, Mm -hmm. how do you find that place where your partner likes to be tied up and be spanked? Where can you find the place where you actually can find your turn on? So it's not about just doing it for them. And that's, yeah. a, that's the expansion piece of the erotic blueprint work. How do I start to open up these channels? It might not look like them being tied up and spanked. It might be that you're taking, you're, maybe you're sensual and you're like, okay, well, I can do this with silks. And if I drape them over your limbs and we play psychologically with you being tied up, right now I just can't tie you up. I have too many associations with that. And with the spanking, if I can mix that in with some long strokes and massaging touch and really getting connected with you body to body and, and, and I can start to um, increase the intensity over time of how hard I might be spanking you. But that keeps yeah. you connected to your pleasure while also starting to move into the zones where your partner is getting satisfied in their blueprint. Yeah. And I, I also think it's important, like if somebody I don't know if you're with a partner and they express something and you're like, Oh, what is that? Like, and it really shocks you. I think it can be hard to just receive that, but I do think it's important not to, not to say you have to force yourself to like that thing or that you could force yourself to like it, but to get really curious about like, well, what is it about this that is yeah. triggering to me? And is there a point for me to work on this? Yeah. That's an actually like a super powerful uh, dyad continuation. So yeah. you go through that whole process of, um, you know, tell me something that turns you on. Tell me something you want to explore. Maybe mm-hmm. a bunch of things came up while that dialogue was going on and you got triggered by a bunch of things. And then mm-hmm. you then you go back and say and get really curious about the ones that were triggering and say, well, tell me something about that that turns you on. Yeah. And really sitting with what it is that turns it turns your partner on because that's where you start to find the access points that may not be how they see it or want it but allow you to find that mutual 
playing ground where neither of you is giving up, like compromising to just do it for your partner because Mm -hmm. that can just create all other layers of disharmony in the relationship. Yeah. And resentment. And then you, I don't know, it's kind of like that old adage of like, I want you to want to do it. Mm -hmm. Right. Which like, you know, isn't always going to happen. Like I may, my partner loves baseball. I may never love baseball, but I figured out that I like going to live games because I like to drink micheladas and eat hot dogs. Nice. So like (laughs) what you were saying about the the silks and the scarves and things. So, um, but I think it's difficult when, yeah, like what's the line between seeing your partner being open and working versus getting them to really buy in and yeah. connect with you. Cause you can feel that inauthentic just performing. Totally. And then it doesn't feel, then you're not dropped in. You're like, you can totally like, this isn't working. I hate this. You hate this. Yeah. It's just being able to find those places where you do genuinely authentically um, connect. Yeah. And it can be a very, if, if you've got a willing partner, then it can just be a matter of patience, like, and getting education. Oh, that's what it was. So a lot of people have no idea what these things are like in their body. Like, how do I explore this? How do I open up to energetic or kink? Mm-hmm. Or and- Yeah, well, how does this look in, pra- in real practice? I mean, in the, in the sex, love, and goop, which actually I would really recommend people watch. I had I had some of my like own thoughts about goop at the beginning, but I thought they did such a wonderful job with this uh, special with this piece and like really brought people in in a vulnerable way to the necessity of embodied practice to work on sex stuff. Like you can't just talk about it. Talk therapy is limiting. It definitely limiting and the somatic work and that there was such a focus in the show on the body work, the somatic work. Yes. And we couldn't have been happier with the producers and directors of the piece. They gave so much. They just, they wanted to get, capture the work. There wasn't a bunch of like, oh, there wasn't any like, oh, let's move the camera here. Let's do that line again. And we need this reaction shot. There was none of that. It was very, very documentary. Mm, that and sounds it, awesome. It was amazing. We're so, so excited that, uh, that we actually finally got connected with a show where the people could respect the work and yeah. Well, without, without giving away the whole training, because I want people to really buy buy and and do this work, because I think it's so important. Um, So let's say you take the, you know, initial quiz, or you're listening, and you're like, Oh, that's what I am. What are, yeah, like, what is the work? How do we make that a little more tangible? Like, what are the next steps to really embody this Mm -hmm. and, and get going? So it's putting it into action. What are the, we talk about like, even if it's not us and you, you just want to go explore and figure this kind of stuff out. Um, one thing that's awesome about the blueprints is that it is one roof that kind of contains all of the sexual sexuality expressions. Mm-hmm. And a lot of sexuality communities are very focused on their thing. So it's challenging if you're kinky and your partner's energetic, you want to go to this kink thing, your energetic partner is completely contracted and, they are just like a full on no because they're freaked out by it or vice versa. The kinky person being asked to go to the Tantra thing is like, Oh my God, that's woo woo. And I don't even understand what that is. It's so freaky and I'm not into it. Um, Having a community where all of those, that entire rainbow is being expressed. Then you can find people in our community. You can hear the stories of the people in the community and you can start to find those um, ways to bridge the gap between all Mm -hmm. of the, 
the, the sexual expressions and it's all under one roof. Mm-hmm. Um, but the work is, and we call it the play, which is like, ha- you know, have a mentor. Yeah, instead of trying to think of it as just the work and job. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> right. First, what it... Like, this it, could be fun. <laughs> uh-huh. Right. Like, it's about pleasure, right? Yeah. Every cell in our body is wired for pleasure. You, your way of accessing that pleasure is going to be different than mine in subtle and g- grand major ways. So one is like, how many people go and actively get a sex education and start to understand the range of what's possible? So something like the Blueprint course that we offer starts to do games, practices, table work. Um, we have very like fun and specific ways for you to solo find out what your body loves. People mm-hmm. think, oh, I'll wait until I get a partner. Don't wait until you get a partner. When you're single, it is the perfect time to start exploring and opening up, like find out what those edges of shame are for yourself. Find out those places you want to explore. Find out how to articulate what's going on in your body when you're touched this way or that way so that when you do come together with your lover, you're not just recreating the same old problems and drama that you've had before of not being sexually satisfied, but you come in empowered like, oh, I know this erotic instrument. I know how it gets turned on and I can actually tell you exactly because you can't tell you how many people like say, oh my God, I just wish I had the guidebook to my lover's body. I wish they would tell me what worked so that I yeah. knew that I was actually providing pleasure to them. So it's engaging with the body. It's getting into the, you know, we talk about like the body, the body never lies, right? It's, it's It tells you um, it can be deceptive because there might be layers of trauma or shame or things that block you from what the body's trying to tell you. But yeah. uh, like an example would be a lot of people take the quiz and they don't necessarily know, like they see the description of something and they're like, I don't know. I don't even know what that is because I've never experienced it or I've got a mental idea. And kink would be a primary example. Like they're going through the quiz and they've never had any connection to kinky stuff so they read those things and they they don't it doesn't appeal but then when you start doing the embodied work and you start playing around with different forms of kinky touch will often be like oh you know the person be be about to get on the table and like yeah i'm not kinky and then they then something happens right in the right context that slap to the ass or that nails on the inner thigh being scratched on the inner thigh and you hear yeah well it's this preconceived notion of like like you said what is kinky it doesn't have to mean like pain and whips and chains it could be so many other things so many other things so when you put it into a body practice then you get like oh i freaking love that i had no idea i love that that's one of those things that people will see on the sex love and goop show very clearly is the masking, we call it a blueprint type masking, where you've been walking around pretending you're this thing because it's the only yeah. example of sexuality you've ever seen portrayed. Mm. You think that that's what you're supposed to be, how you're supposed to act. And a lot of people find themselves in a mask, totally disconnected to their yeah. erotic experience. And they're like, Yeah, or you're ashamed of asking the questions or digging deeper. Yeah. So get, get great mentors, get get um you know start to get just the the fun education of like how much there is to play with Mm -hmm. go gently with yourself right so if you have these triggers you know people will come into the work that we do and people have a pre a lot of people have this preconceived idea or judgment or shame of um i should be 
more willing to do this work. I should be more open about this work. I should be doing this course at this pace. And if I'm not, I'm not getting the value. Trust yourself. Don't stop. Like if you're curious and you want to see how, how much pleasure you can discover in your life, titrate, you know, like take little bits and pieces of the experience. We have people who've gone through this, the course four, five, six times because each time they're coming through, they're getting a different subtlety or they're ready to hear that piece of information that they didn't even catch the first time around because yeah. they just weren't ready for it. So you're, that's part of the, that's part of the work, like understanding the bound, what are your boundaries and that your boundaries are healthy, that learning to express them or know them or, or take your steps in the pace that you're willing to take them. You don't want to go too far too fast um, because it creates contraction. And when you're in partnership, how can you create that open um, experience for yourself and your lover and have a lot of compassion for the journey? Mm -hmm. Because there are so many layers that start to come up. You might be like, oh, I'm totally fine with sex and I'm great. And you're in the middle of the work. And all of a sudden you realize that something happened when you were 12, that somebody said some statement to you or, you know, touched your body in a way that wasn't appropriate. It wasn't consensual. And you've been holding this thing in your right hip ever since, just because mm. you started to get more deeply connected to your body. And then where you might've been like adventurous and you're out there doing the kink thing, all of a sudden this piece of information comes up and you have to realize, oh shit, I actually need a little bit of time for resting and healing and getting into my emotional state and what's been happening yeah. in this part of my body. Or that's where the therapy referral comes in of like, yeah, here's something you could work on a little more deeply with, with trauma work. Exactly. Like uh, somatic experiencing or mm -hmm. um, EMDR or, or um, you know, getting a sex, getting a sex coach. People are like, some people are just like, what? There's a sex coach. I had no idea yeah. that there was even such a thing. <laughs> I know. And a lot of my, a lot of my clients are, are afraid, I think of uh, doing that. Like, I think there's something like sex therapy even is scary, but I think they hear the word therapy and they think like, oh, well, this is going to be a medical thing. Um, but when I tell my clients about like sex coaches and body workers and things, I think a lot of them, their first instinct is like, that's terrifying. Uh -huh. <laughs> um, so it takes some time, I think, to get to a point to be open to that, but it can be so transformational. Um, so yeah, what is the format of the erotic breakthrough course? Like just some logistics before we wrap up, like what can people expect um, if they sign up? So once you're in there, it's um, as once you finish your payment plan, like if you take the payment plan option, you are in there for life. So um, it's not just the course. Uh, you have access to Erotic Blueprint coaches every month doing group coaching sessions. People can be even intimidated by like, oh, I don't, I'm not going to want to speak out in a community. I'm not going to want to share this very most intimate of things about myself. You don't need to Which share. is like everyone's there doing the same thing. Yeah, so. Right. They're all looking, they're all erotic explorers. Um, yeah. But you don't have to take those steps. You could be a wallflower for you know twelve months, two years. You can never say anything. Yeah. But just the experience of showing up on the coaching calls, the group coaching calls, even if you got your camera off and you're just listening, you're going to hear so many stories from people and the challenges and the things that they're trying to work through that totally tie in with where you are on your journey and mm -hmm. show you the avenue to the next step. So. It's not just the course, it's just ongoing support. 
um, the Erotic Freedom Club, you can get in there and you can be very vocal and visible and and expressive about your journey and, and what you're up to. In the container itself, we do a lot of work to create a container that's safer for people to explore and express because boundaries, consent, they're a foundation of our work. And we're, you know, like I said, you take this experience at your own pace. It's an eight module course, um, dives into all of those core erotic blueprint aspects that I'm talking about with the five stages and states of sexuality, the four obstacles or pathways to sexual health and vitality, um, sexual health and pleasure. And then um, we, we go into speaking the blueprints so every blueprint has a different way of different words that will appeal to you. Like you might physically be an energetic, but maybe you really like naughty talk. Like you love the dirty, dirty talk and the language gets you turned on. Or maybe yeah. dirty talk totally shuts you down and your partner's been, you know, saying, I want to fuck you. And that just completely contracts. But if they yeah. said, I really want to connect with your heart energy and, and eye gaze with you this evening, you're going to melt. So what yeah. are the words? And then how do you congruently show up? So, and and this is part of the speaking the blueprint is not just the words. 93% of communication is nonverbal. So are you congruent if you're trying to pull off a kinky scene and you don't know how to hold that container and be solid in your body and rooted in, in how words are coming through you? Your partner is going to feel that inauthenticity. It's yes. not going to have that hot attraction. So we teach people how to speak the blueprints. There's all of this stuff on feeding the blueprints. Like we were talking about how do you start to explore what these turn-ons are and the language. Um, you know, back to the music metaphor, if I'm playing a piano and all I know is to how to play chopsticks, I don't have a wide range of expression. But if yeah. I start to learn chords and play classical and jazz and all this, the piano becomes an endless opportunity for exploration. So feeding the blueprints is how do you feed each of the blueprint types? Gives you tons of vocabulary there. Um, there's healing the blueprints, which is what are those aspects that are standing in your way? So there's a bunch of meditations in there that can help free up this energy. And then there's expanding the blueprints, which is instead of me just performing that I'm energetic or kinky for my partner, how do I actually find my own access to turn on and connection through the, the, the blueprint that turns my partner on or lovers, you know? Well, I don't know about y'all. I definitely am an erotic explorer and I'm, I'm ready to sign up more and do more of this, even though this is my work and my job. I mean, I think it's such a, it sounds so accessible for anybody. Um, how can folks uh, sign up, uh, get in touch, and become part of the Erotic Blueprint community? Well, there's the quiz. So if you're just hearing this and you're curious, there's the blue. It's the BlueprintBreakthrough.com. The BlueprintBreakthrough.com. Um, you can also get there through JayaLove.com. J-A-I-Y-A-L-O-V-E.com. Um, or MissJaya.com. Those lead to our main page where you can access the quiz. Um, the Blueprint course, you'll find that on the main page. You'll be led to that option after you've done the quiz. Um, so the Blueprint course um, is ongoing. It's a pre-recorded course. There, there's the live elements of the coaching support and that sort of thing. So you can join at any time. So those are the main, main ways to kind of access and, and dive in. And there's two versions of the quiz. 
There's a free version. If you really just want to dip your toe in, it'll tell you your primary blueprint type. The challenge with knowing your primary blueprint type is that you, that's just, you know, that one aspect and knowing mm-hmm. your primary blueprint type shows you just as much where you're limited as it does where you're resourced. So yeah. um, I would say, don't get fixated on like, oh, it kicked out the result that I'm a sensual and that's your entire erotic vocabulary. It's not, that's just like, oh, that's my fastest access. So now I have new information. The in-depth quiz um, allows people to get a blueprint report goes deep yeah. into your superpowers, your shadows, um, gives you um, some actual practices right out of the gate that you can start to incorporate uh, to start prioritizing pleasure. Like just like how do you start to put this into your life? And then uh, the Blueprint course itself is there's a great payment plan. So you can really you know, spread that out over time. And once you're paid in full again, you're like a lifetime member of Erotic Freedom Club. And who doesn't want access to a uh, group of empowered sex coaches for the rest of your life. (laughs) Thank you so much. My last question before we wrap up, I know you mentioned this before is that you feel like sex has helped you in so many areas of your life. Where do you feel like your eroticism has helped you become so successful in business? Mm. Well, sex is like one of the primary access points to me of where once you walk into somebody's sex life and I kind of see money the same way you start to, you can see their, the entire way that they relate to everything in the world. And it's, so it's this incredibly powerful mirror. And one of my sort of gifts person, like my personal main gift is in life because of my background and how I grew up and the kinds of things like I was bullied as a kid and I had all this, you know, some very challenging things growing up um, was being the um, inspiration for people to be fully self-expressed authentically, truthfully, who are you? Everything about who you are is okay. It's not just okay. It is your magic. And that tied in for me around sex and sexuality. So I'm still on a journey of discovery. I've been, fully immersed in this work since 2009, 2007, when Jai and I partnered up. Um, and I'm still discovering those shadowy corners of like, oh, that's a part of me that I haven't expressed or I haven't explored. And as I keep unwinding these things and allowing myself the freedom to step into these areas of, of mm-hmm. my core, who I am, the more free I am in business, to just show up and be, be me, know what my superpowers are, know where I'm not resourced or where I don't um, have the skills or the desire. It's also empowered me around boundaries and consent. Like I can dive deep into my team members and find out like what they're not into. (laughs) So I don't want to put them in that situation. I can find out how to, and what their turn-ons are inside of business. So it's kind of like, a map, uh, a treasure map for all of life. It's not just this thing that happens in the bedroom. Yeah. And I think like you were saying, your erotic blueprint can maybe inform how you want to do business. Like, sure, maybe you're not approaching it in the same way you would sexually if you're a kinky, but like figuring out, well, yeah, how does this help me speak my language and translate that into the other work that I'm doing, knowing, yeah, what my go-to blueprint is. 
we haven't come up with a course on this, but we have people who have reflected to us often how the blueprints have completely their salespeople or their marketers or whatever, mm-hmm. and it's completely affected how they do their sales calls. Yeah. They modulate their energy based on how the person shows up and yeah. also how they want to direct the the call. They can drop into energetic and really be patient and open and leave a lot of spaciousness. When it's time to get direct, they can move into sexual and just be very, and then they might find like somebody just really needs to be told what to do and they'll drop into the kinky, (laughs) right? Yeah. So it has affected people's family lives. They've understood their children. And of course, we're not talking about mapping eroticism onto your child. Yeah, but but different communication styles and strengths and shadows and yeah, yeah, all of that. It's just like the love languages, the the Chapman's love languages. Yeah. Gifts, touch, time. You know, it's like if you've got a sensual kid and your house is chaos, they're going to have a really hard time feeling connected and grounded. And yes. if they're energetic and you're constantly coming up and giving them bear hugs, we had one client who's like, my entire child's life, I was coming up to them and hugging them and I'd never asked for consent. And I started to, after I started to do this work, I realized that they were actually bracing when mm. I was hugging them. Yeah. And it caused me to just step back and go, oh, my kid needs some space. They need to know I need to request if I want to give a hug. And if they, yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah. And if they say no, I have to honor that. It's not about me. Right. Yeah. These are the last ads and the last episode of the season. So make sure you get those discounted pleasure products. I also wanted to say thank you all so much for tuning in and for your support. Please don't forget to rate and review wherever you listen so I can keep this show going. I am so grateful to you. Also, thank you to this sponsor because I have had so much fun playing with their products. So do yourself a favor and check out Satisfier like yesterday. Satisfier makes beautiful vibrators and air pulse stimulators with cutting edge technology and they're at affordable prices. Satisfier is offering lucky listeners 30% off any Satisfier when you go to satisfier.com and enter code S&S30 at checkout. I've been really liking the dual pleasure tool, which is an external air pulse stimulator with an internal stimulator as well. Honestly, it has broadened my pleasure potential and I have even learned new things about what I like and how I like it. All their devices are made with body safe silicone and or soft touch ABS plastic. They are cordless with a universal magnetic charger and compatible with water-based lube. You can also turn your phone into a remote control. With their Bluetooth enabled pairing, you can control the motor's speed and vibration length. You can even create custom sequences that are perfect for you. No need to worry about pressing buttons when you're enjoying yourself. Again, Satisfier is offering lucky listeners 30% off any Satisfier when you go to Satisfier.com and enter code S&S30 at checkout. Again, if you're looking for one of my favorite new devices, go to S-A-T-I-S-F-Y-E-R.com, Satisfier.com, and use code S&S30 for 30% off. Also, stay tuned on my Instagram for my upcoming 12 days of pleasure, where I will be giving away a pleasure product for 12 days straight. There may even be a satisfier there if I don't take them all for myself. Now on to the episode. Well, thank you so much. This was so wonderful. And thank you and your company and your team for bringing more of this into the more mainstream and uh, in the special and in the work that you do. And again, folks, if you want to follow what I'm doing on the podcast, I'm on Instagram at Sluts and Scholars, on Twitter at Sluts Scholars. 
uh, go check out the erotic breakthrough course or just dip your toe in uh, with a little bit. And Ian, thank you so much for joining. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, everybody.